0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Embracing It podcast. If you are new here, my name is Emma, and welcome to, I guess, your very first episode. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking about something very, very important to me. Um, If you are new here, I would highly, highly encourage you to go back to my very, very first episode ever, which explains why I started this whole podcast and how it came to be which actually ties in to today's topic. So today's topic is um, actually about NIDA Awareness Week So um, this week, when you're listening to this, is NIDA Awareness Week, so it's National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, and uh, first of all, I really wish that this is a week that more people knew about and that was more talked about to try to reduce the um, stigma and stereotypes around a lot of eating disorders that are very, very prevalent in our society today, Um, So that's kind of why I wanted to make this episode was to talk about these stereotypes and just talk about my own experience. Um, I will just say that I am going to be talking about um, uncommon um, or less talked about symptoms of eating disorders today. So if you are someone who does have an eating disorder and you find that this topic is a bit too sensitive for you, um, please feel free to stop listening. Um, I trust that if you do get triggered, you will go ahead and stop the episode. Um, And if you are someone who would like to become a little bit more educated, Um, or who just wants to understand the perspective of, well, this is just one perspective, it is my own perspective um, of someone with an eating disorder, then I would encourage you to keep on listening. Um, What I'm going to be talking about today, just a disclaimer, is in regards to anorexia nervosa. Um, So some of the symptoms that I'm going to be talking about are relative to my own personal experience. Um, If you struggle with different forms of disordered eating, then your experience will be different. And if you do struggle with the same experience that I have, um, your own symptoms and your own experience can also be very specific to you. Um, And I just want to say that because one of the things with eating disorders is a lot of people who have eating disorders tend to compare to other people who are also disordered. Um, So please make sure that if you find yourself comparing at any point in time, um, please, I encourage you to stop listening. Now with that all out of the way, um, I am going to dive into some of the less talked about symptoms of an eating disorder. Now, I just want to say, for a really long time, um, I did not get diagnosed for my eating disorder um, and that was because of many many things, but the very very first thing was um, stereotypes and stigma. Um, I never really struggled or thought that I struggled with my mental health all throughout um, high school mental health wasn't really talked about a lot um, amongst my family and it also wasn't really extremely talked about amongst my friends either. So um, I think a lot of that kind of held me back from thinking that what I was feeling and thinking myself and the behaviors that I had, um, that sort of whole lack of knowledge on my end just really made me feel like I didn't need to get help and that what I was going through was normal. So for a very long time, um, I did not get help for my eating disorder. I had a lot of disordered behaviors, but in the uh, peak of 2020 was when it actually turned into a eating disorder. Um, and I put off getting my diagnosis, um, for even quite a while before that um, so I guess to kind of you know start off one of the things I just sort of for an education I guess standpoint that I'll share is that there's a lot of stereotypes that exist around eating disorders specifically in my case with anorexia um, I only knew anorexia in one way and that was the way in which it was presented in the media which was, um, again please click off if this is going to upset you, but it was extreme, um, extreme, extreme weight loss, um, skin and bone um, in the hospital. And it wasn't until I started my recovery that I learned that it is really only 5% of individuals with anorexia who actually do unfortunately end up in that state, because of their eating disorder so you know once I heard that it made me feel like my case was just as valid as those Um, and it it just made me realize that I put off getting help for so 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 long because of all that I saw in the media and because of that stereotype and my, my I feared like I seriously was like what if I try to get help and they tell me like you you don't have an eating disorder like I vividly remember and this is in my first episode reading through the symptoms of anorexia and when I was pivotal pivotal breakdown and it just clicked I was like oh my god this is exactly what is happening to me and there is um such a concrete sort of criteria on paper but there's so many other symptoms that I had that were just not talked about and that that aren't talked about because everyone's own behaviors and honestly mine were obsessions were very very different and they're very unique to each individual so one of the uh, most common ones that I had was an obsession with pictures and videos of food I would religiously and I mean religiously watch 10,000 calorie challenge videos. I would watch cheat days and there was one specific 10,000 calorie video that I would watch continuously because something about it was really really satisfying to me and that's and I that's super weird and strange to admit but um, it was like that was the case and I would binge those videos because I would see people eating everything that I would just never let myself have and I just felt such a sense of accomplishment and pride for not eating those things whenever I watched those videos. So it literally was just fueling the joy I got from restriction by watching other people indulge in things that I couldn't have. So I was very 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 obsessed with Um, pictures and videos and I was also obsessed with what other people were eating and this is what would go in my head a lot. I even remember in high school I would I would never say it out loud but I would just compare what I was eating to what my friends were eating. Whenever I would go out to dinner I would always try to pick the healthiest option in comparison to my friends or family Um, and I would always just make these extra swaps or adjustments to make something Uh, quote-unquote healthier and I never once did it out of joy or because I wanted to like (laughs) never ever once it was solely because I wanted that that same feeling that I got from watching these 10,000 calorie videos and I was just obsessively um interested in everyone else's food what they were eating what they weren't eating what diet they were on I would also compare exercise and I was just very fixated on on that and that also that also did lead me to be very fixated on other people's bodies and but as a result like I was comparing everything and everyone to myself and I don't think there was any body Um, that I saw that made me feel better about myself like I I don't really know how to how to explain that but there was there was nothing that I could have seen that would have taken this away is what I'm saying there was there was no body no food no no exercise regime um, that would have taken this away because it was fueled by so many internalized things like fat phobia um true just mental illness of an eating disorder um, and a lack of education and an unhealthy relationship with exercise food and myself so that was fueled by a lot a lot of things and my own insecurity as well and speaking of insecurity um So when I came back from my first year of university, that was where the eating disorder really kind of took off. I had lost a significant amount of weight. Um, I'm not going to specify numbers, um, but I had a fixation with trying on my old clothes. There was a specific pair of shorts that I wore, Um, it was like my favorite pair of shorts in high school, and I wore them... Um, I remember my first year or my first year of university and like welcome week and stuff and um, at a certain point throughout the year they obviously I I didn't fit into them and then when that school year finished um, back in the summer I then made it my mission to fit into them so I did and I was continuously trying them on and trying them on and it got to the point where I wanted the shorts to fit looser and looser and looser and I wanted those shorts to be baggy like I wanted that satisfaction of yeah you know what these shorts don't don't fit me anymore and that's because I lost a bunch of weight like I and I wanted that and um, at first it really was just weight loss and then at a certain point it was not and I can't really I can't really tell you what the turning point was And I don't think it was a turning point. I think it was just the launch. Um, I think that whole experience was the launch that really took these disordered behaviors into an actual eating disorder. And so what I would continuously do, and I still have these pair of shorts to date. um, It's very difficult for me to let them go. But I continuously, even regardless, like weighing myself on a scale, I would continuously try them on and try them on and try them on to ensure that I would fit into these shorts or I I, I say fit in but to ensure that I was still smaller than these shorts essentially Um, and I would do that with and you know the pair of shorts is is one example but I have that with uh, jeans that I wore in high school and I continuously try them on wanting to make sure that that I still fit into the same pair of jeans that I was wearing when I had the body of, of a 15 year old. And, you know, at, at 21 now, turning 22 this year, like, my body it should, shouldn't be what it was when it was 15. Um, but that is just, you know, one of the things that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. We talk about body checking, and I think people tend to assume that body checking is just within a mirror. But I do think that body checking can also present itself when you are stepping onto a scale, when you are... Um, you know, obviously, body checking in the mirror, but also when there's behaviors like that, where I'm trying on certain pieces of clothing um, for that confirmation that my body hasn't changed, or maybe it has changed. Like, I just need that that reassurance um, and and validation um, in order to move forward with with my day. So that is a behavior that I feel like is not talked about and is probably one of the most important pieces is that body checking can come in various, various different forms and that was a different form for me. So now I kinda wanna switch it over to two of the things that I didn't realize were caused from my eating disorder but now having been in recovery And doing very well in my recovery now, I realize we're greatly, greatly affected from my food restriction. Um, And those two things are emotional irregularity and sleep irregularity. For a really long time, I thought that I was just um, an insomniac or I just had trouble sleeping. Um, But it was like I was not getting proper sleep at all. And that was one of the, one of the things like when you are so hungry and deprived, it's very difficult for your body to perform functions such as sleeping. So my sleep irregularity, you know, now that I am in recovery, I noticed a huge difference, a huge difference. Once I started nourishing my body and taking care of it and fueling it, the quality of my sleep definitely, definitely went up. And to kind of add on to that, um, emotional irregularity again, um, oh god, like, I was miserable. (laughs) I don't think I knew the level of happiness or emotion that I could experience because I was so numb from being hungry all of the time. And when you are going through an eating disorder, you can't even take a second to think about how you feel because all you think about is food. All I would think about is my next meal time, what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, how long I wasn't going to eat for when I woke up in the morning, um, what exercise I was going to do once I finished exercising, um, what next uh, form of movement am I going to do the next day, Um, thinking about my calories, like thinking of ways to suppress my hunger that didn't involve food, thinking of ways to like flush my body out, like it was just ongoing and it is exhausting. It is seriously exhausting. Not to mention the fact that I'm looking at myself in the mirror 20 times a day and stepping on a scale regularly. Like it was just very it was daunting even me talking about it. I'm like, "God, how did I do that?" because now I'm at a place where i'm so in tune with my emotions and that's definitely because i've done a lot of therapy and work to actually develop that skill but i truly i feel like i experience everything so much more intense now because i'm not as i'm not not focused on what i look like um when i wake up or how many calories i've consumed and blah, blah 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 like i'm i really try to step away from from those behaviors and i just will say that i can experience life i feel like a lot more clearly and i think an emotion is tied to every single experience and now i'm at a place where i get to feel all of those things that i i couldn't even hold space for before because my body couldn't even function properly one of the parts that I struggled with, with disordered eating as well, is is losing my my metabolism. Uh, I, I completely lost, or sorry, I lost my, my appetite um, due to messing with my metabolism. And it's taken so long, I mean so long, to get that back. And I actually got it back... Uh, Just just recently like my metabolism is kind of actually leveled out where I'm getting hungry Regularly again as I should Um, I used to be able to you know not eat for six eight hours and I was I was miserable But like I said, I, I didn't know it right. I was thinking about I was just feeling so accomplished during during that time so all I will say is emotional regularity is something that you might not realize you suffered from until you're in that step of recovery where you're able to experience life just so much richer like everything about it is richer being with your family, your friends, like the way that you feel about yourself becomes so much better. It's just intensified and and it's a hard thing to to explain but that's sort of one of the the key things that I realized was a true symptom of an eating disorder that it's it's kind of mentioned but it's you know eating disorders still the symptoms have an emphasis on such a physical uh, standpoint and sometimes there's a little bit less of the I think mental analysis that goes on but again I think that's because that mental piece can look different for for everyone all right and the last symptom that I want to talk about is denial denial like I said I never once thought that my disorder was valid I never once thought that it was valid for multiple, multiple reasons. And I never wanted to admit that that was something I was going through. I simply masked everything as health. And you don't realize how... Sorry, my Snapchat just went off there. Whoops. (laughs) But uh, you don't realize how much freedom you lose and how many things you miss out on I think until you sit down and reflect on all of the ways that this has impacted your life and that was one of the most um, eye-opening therapy sessions I ever did was I wrote down everything that was taken away from me because of this disorder And it was everything from my sleep to Christmas dinner to fear of being pregnant because of the change and the effects it will have on my body. It was so many things that this mental illness can bring up that just, I just realized, like, this is so valid and deserves to be recognized like that therapy session i just remember i was like i deserve and owe it to myself to try to step out of these behaviors and to challenge this illness and and everything every obstacle that that comes with it one of the best things that i ever did was have that breakdown that I had in my room and I will always remember I went to my mom that day and I told her that I needed help and I saw my doctor and I got my diagnosis and I was in a very fortunate position that I have a family who cares about me and I have access to health care and I was able to work with a dietitian and a therapist and You know, two years into this, I've been able to change. I have changed so much and I think the biggest piece is that I realized that that denial that I felt, I hope that no one ever neglects that. I really, really hope that if you are feeling in denial, you take the leap to address it and hopefully one day challenge it and face whatever it is that that you are going through even if it is not an eating disorder. Um, I know that being in denial is kind of a place of comfort. It was a place of comfort for me because I never wanted to stop what I was doing and all I can say is that for me, it's been very, very worth it because I've had so I had so much of my life that was not taken away from me, but that was just, everything was just made very minuscule and bland, and it wasn't as joyful and colorful as, as it could have been. And I think so much good has come out of recovery for me. So, long story short... If you are someone who is struggling with an eating disorder or thinks you may be struggling or knows of someone who is struggling, I encourage you to please, please reach out. Please check on the NEDA website. That is what I did. Or you can visit netic.ca. Um, they do have links on there to help you find supporting resources. And there are... um. Uh, groups therapy support groups that you do not have to pay for that you can attend as well Um, and there are also workshops for both parents um, and children as well to help them um, with disordered eating Um, Also, if you are located in Hamilton, Ontario, um, I guess it would be Burlington, there is an organization called Burlington's Place, and they are dedicated to helping reduce the stigma and helping those who are struggling with an eating disorder. So please feel free to check them out on Instagram and visit their website. Um, I have done some work with them in the past, and I can say that they really do put their heart and soul into everything that they do. Thank you so 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 much for listening and for tuning in. Like I said, I really do hope that you are able to get the help that you deserve and that you may need. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening and if you liked the episode, please feel free to share it. Um you can share the Instagram post that I have, um leave a review, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, um, I hope that if there's one thing you're able to kind of take away from this, it is to not spend your life living in denial and to please, please get yourself the help that you need, even if you don't want it. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys next time.